a little introduction of Juan before he gets started. So Juan's preaching today. I'm really excited about Juan preaching because it means I'm not preaching. And so uh, it's always, I love preaching, but it's nice to have some time off every here and there. And uh, so uh, me and Juan, we went to seminary together. We were in the same seminary cohort for four years. And so Juan knows all of my uh, deepest theological struggles. And so if you want to know what those are, he can yeah, tell you. Yeah, hit me up. I'll, I'll feel <laughs> um, So he, I don't know, how, how did you, the first time you saw me cry in class, what were you, what were you, what were you thinking? <laughs> You know, I'm a crier too, bro. Okay, so all I right. Felt, I felt comfortable. Cool, I didn't yeah. see you crying in class, but uh, that's all right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> me almost every week crying. Like, every week. <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> hey, hey. Um, so, uh, anyways, uh, so Juan knows me pretty well. I'm really excited uh, that he's up here today. He's going to be talking about this idea of us embracing diversity. And rather than a Caucasian guy talk about it, I thought I would tokenize my friend and Thank have you. him yeah. talk not really but I, I just was <laughs> no, like hey be real. let's be real <laughs> let's, uh, I just was like also I know I've heard Juan's heart for diversity in general not just of ethnicity and I've just really valued it and so I think he's going to bring a great word to us this morning so we guys thank Juan as I exit yeah, the stage thanks, yeah thank you thank you thanks for your prayers for us uh, we are we're meeting, meeting currently in South Phoenix in our home. We just moved uh, into that community four months ago, but I was born and raised there and have been doing ministry there for the last 12 years. Uh, so we, we feel the Lord calling us to a pocket of South Phoenix that uh, is uh, fairly diverse. There's a lot of diversity, you know, growing in that community. Gentrification has made its way into South Phoenix. So uh, we're afforded the opportunity to have a church that reflects that community with black, brown, and white. Uh, we feel the Lord calling us to an area that is fairly overlooked and under-resourced. You know, there's a, there's a food desert where we sense God calling us. There's a lot of violence in that area. Uh, we, I've had students pass away, a friend's sister pass away in that area also from gun violence. Uh, so... That's where we feel the Lord calling us and to continue doing some of the ministry that we've already been doing, but now as an official uh, church, as an official body of Christ. So continue to pray for South Phoenix. I do have a long prayer list that we came up with and our, our uh, folks are praying with, praying about weekly. So if you feel the Lord calling uh, you to pray with us in these areas, I'd be happy to share that list with you. My wife can share that list with you. We can just airdrop it or text it to you and you can pray with us on on a lot of those points so we are grateful for that i also want to thank you for uh, this last affordable christmas part of the affordable christmas that you all did part of that uh, offering went to the work that we're doing in south phoenix with az reach which is a non-profit that we run you know we founded it in in 2019 as an official 501c3 but we've been doing this kind of work since 2011 and uh, and uh, and part of your affordable christmas offering went to this work so i just want to update you on that i have a, a photo that i want to drop on uh, some of the work that we've been able to develop and grow uh, so there's, this is our new girls group, and I think I might have shared this with you the last time I was here, but we were praying for a female cohort to start up because we've been doing all boys groups for years, and the school's been like, hey, when are you going to um, start something for our girls? So God gave us four strong female leaders 
to meet with this growing group of girls. I mean, we've probably added another eight girls on top of that group who we meet with weekly and we talk life with them. There's conversations uh, on and off campus about where they're at in life, what they're struggling with, how we can come alongside and help them. And yes, we share our faith with them and we ask them faith uh, faith questions and have those conversations with them. We're hanging out daily with these students on campus. And another thing AZ Reach is doing is we're starting, well, we're continuing an entrepreneur program that uh, we started last year and it's called Innovate Entrepreneurs, teaching students how to start their own business, how to make money the right way, um, and how to continue to, to grow in those giftings to be a blessing to their families and to their community. Uh, and we're, since we moved into the area, we're doing Bible studies at, at our home uh, with young adults, with students, and now uh, Young Life is gathering in our home with us being so close to the school. So continue to pray for AZ Reach, and we're grateful. Over the last few years, uh, Redemption Flagstaff has blessed AZ Reach and the ministry tremendously. So, uh, so thank you. Please hear it from me, from my wife. Thank you. And, and please give yourselves a hand for blessing us in that way. We are very grateful. Please. Thank you. As, uh, as Anthony shared, we're continuing this, uh, this series, Beloved Community Is, and the last couple of weeks, Anthony has kind of introduced that and uh, went into what that looks like, and today, we'll be talking about a beloved community is one that embraces diversity. There's no way I'm going to be able to cover the different amounts of diversity that we're called to embrace in one sermon. So please be gracious and, uh, and patient as, as we sit in, in this uh, sermon for today. And uh, before we start, let's go to the Lord in prayer and continue to ask him to meet us here. Father, we are grateful that we stand before you that uh, we are in your presence. I'm thinking of the saying that God is the most, you are the most humble being because you are present in every room yet hardly recognized, hardly acknowledged. And God, we acknowledge you. We acknowledge that your ways are greater than our ways and your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We acknowledge that we are finite. We we are finite beings and you are infinite. We acknowledge that we are limited and you are limitless. You are holy. You are beautiful. You are glorious. And, And Father, we ask that you would graciously open our eyes today to your goodness. Open our ears to your word. Allow me to faithfully share your word and Holy Spirit continue to challenge us to make us more like Jesus. All this for your glory, God. Would you bless this church? Would you bless this community? Would you bless Flagstaff for your glory? In Jesus' name, amen. Diversity. Diversity uh, first I want us to understand is, is not a result of the fall. Division, 
is a result of the fall. And I want us to recognize that, that God enjoys and is pleased with diversity because God is the creator of diversity. But God is grieved by the division amongst diversity rather than the unity. And unity amongst diversity does not mean sameness. It is not colorblind. It is not culture blind. It is not any other type of blindness to the differences. Unity amongst diversity engages in and celebrates the differences that exist. Understanding that in this way, God is even more glorified and honored and reflected. You know, AZ Reach is in South Phoenix, as I mentioned, and, and we're at Cesar Chavez High School, which is made up of 2,800 students, largely black and brown, inner city, urban context, Latino, African-American families and cultures, different languages. And over the years, we've been doing a, a beautiful job that God has allowed us to with the guys. But all these girls started coming into our program, hanging out during lunch, and we had no female leaders to love on them. So we prayed about hiring a staff member to love on these girls. So after praying, God allowed us to hire a white woman who's blue-eyed and blonde hair to love on these black and brown students at Chavez. Now, I was a little cautious at first. Our students were extremely cautious before she got hired. Her name is Dana Daly. I don't know if any of you know her, but she's Pastor Aaron's wife, and she's a wonderful friend of ours, an amazing woman of God, an amazing leader in the community. But before she started, we would tell our students, hey, you know, Dana's coming on. This is what Dana looks like. And, and one of my students was like, why she got to be white? <laughs> First question she asked, why she got to be white? And I knew it was going to be hard for them to, you know, um, overcome that reality. But we know Dana so well that we knew in a matter of time, these students would grow to love her. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. The first day that Dana came into our room, students were hesitant. They didn't want to walk up to her and talk. She's engaged them, asking them their names. They're walking in literally the opposite direction. One girl comes in. Her name's Lex. Dana starts talking to her. She walks away from Dana. I kid you not, by the time lunch was over, she's sitting next to Dana sharing her life story with her. And over time, hundreds and hundreds of students that we've seen through our program, Dana has been able to earn their trust and to love on them. And, and it's a beautiful thing to see. And here's why. Because Dana is intentional with pressing into uncomfortable areas. Dana is intentional with leaning in and asking questions and wanting to listen and hear more about the other person, more than her wanting to share about her, herself. Dana breaks bread with our students. 
Dana rubs shoulders with our students. And I think this is crucial and important. If we are trying to engage in diversity, this is what it's going to take. It's going to take leaning in, being uncomfortable, sitting next to, breaking bread, asking questions, and having an ear to listen, to learn, to grow. So why diversity? Why do we even talk about a beloved community as one that embraces diversity? Well, that's because throughout Scripture, from the Old Testament through the New Testament, from Genesis to Revelation, Scripture is full of diversity, encouraging us in diversity. And I want us to look at a few passages this morning that press into diversity. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would begin to teach us and stir our hearts and move us in a way that encourages living in diversity for the glory of God. And let me just, let me just say this before we, we go into that first passage in Galatians. As you're reading God's word this morning, as God's word is, is being spoken to you, as the Holy Spirit is stirring things in you, I want us to be intentional with pausing where we feel uncomfortable and, ref- and, and just note the areas where, like, maybe you'll hear me say something and you're like, I don't like that. Or maybe, you know, scripture will provoke something and, and you're like, oh, that feels weird in me. Note that, because that may not be settled with in this sermon. That's probably going to be a work that you and the Holy Spirit have to wrestle through as, as you leave these doors this morning. So please take note of those areas where you feel uncomfortable or something, you know, as we're going over these texts. So starting in uh, Galatians. Galatians 2, 11 through 14. When Cephas, or Cephas, that's Peter. When Peter came to Antioch, I, that's Paul, I, Paul, opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. Condemned how? Well, before certain men came from James, so this, is, so this is James' crew, this is Jewish men that James sent to be with the church. Before these men came, Peter was chilling with the Gentiles. He was eating with them. He was breaking bread. He was embracing the culture. He was embracing them as a people. They were enjoying fellowship together with the Lord. So he used to eat with these Gentiles, but when, when James' crew arrived, he began to draw back, and he began to separate himself from the Gentiles. So here's what Peter did. Peter drew dividing lines again where there was unity. There was division at one point. The Lord brings them together in unity, Peter's enjoying it. 
Jews come, Peter gets scared, and he draws dividing lines once again. And why did he do that? Well, Scripture says he was afraid. Peter was afraid of those who belong to the circumcision group, the Jewish believers, the James and his crew. He was scared. He was scared of what they might think. He was scared of what they might say. He was scared of how they might view him. And I, and I hope we can relate to that. When we step out and we get in front of a different group of people, there, there's some fear because we're not used to it. Peter might have even been afraid of the Gentiles because at one point, not in this passage, but at another point, Peter wanted nothing to do with the Gentiles. In Acts 10, he has a vision from the Lord. He's on the roof. He's hungry. He goes into this trance, and he sees these, this blanket coming down from heaven. And God's telling him, and the blanket is full of animals and wild beasts. And God says, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter's like, no way. I do not eat anything unclean or uncommon. And three times, him and God go back and forth because God tells him, don't call anything uncommon that I call clean. And God is changing the perspective that Peter has. And then that leads to Peter waking up up from that reading, Acts 10 and 11. Peter wakes up from that, and he ends up going to a house full of Gentiles, a house full of non-Jews, and the gospel is proclaimed, and they get baptized in the Spirit, and he understands his vision. But at one point, he was scared. He was afraid to come around those Gentiles. So fear is common when it comes to pressing into diversity. And then let's just end on on verse 13 before we move on to these other passages. But verse 13 says the other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy. So that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. Now, what can we learn from this? We can simply learn that our actions are influential. Our lack of actions are also influential. Embracing diversity requires confronting our fears. It requires stepping out of our comfort zone. Because let's be real, y'all, like we love to be comfortable. And embracing diversity requires, without an option, stepping out of our comfort zone. Let's look at Acts 2, 16 through 18. Acts 2, 16 through 18. We're just going to be looking at some different, you know, uh, portions of of Scripture this morning. Starting in verse 16. But this is what was spoken, and it's here on the screen if you don't have it, if you can't turn there quick enough. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, 
I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. We see a ton of diversity in these three verses. And what we can learn from that is that embracing diversity appreciates the differences in age, old and young, that scripture says. It appreciates the differences in in different socioeconomic levels. Servants was in that portion of scripture. It appreciates the differences in giftings, prophesying. Talks about visions and dreams and even Paul in Ephesians goes on more to talk about the, the gifts of apostles and prophets and evangelists and shepherds and teachers and how all of those bring out the fullness of Christ, he says in Ephesians. But those are different giftings. And embracing diversity appreciates those different giftings. My gifting is different than yours, but no better or no worse. And in those three verses alone, we see a huge example of how we should be pressing into appreciating diversity. Let's look at Leviticus 19, 33 and 34. So before we read that, the first two uh, scriptures we read, Galatians and Acts, focus more on like the body of Christ. This is going to take us a little beyond our circles a bit, maybe even in our circles, but a little bit more beyond. Leviticus 19, 33 and 34, when a foreigner resides among you in your land, do not mistreat them. The foreigner residing among you must be treated as your native born. Love them as yourself. For you, this is the gospel, thank you God, for we were foreigners in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Embracing diversity means that we embrace others who are close and far. And it requires rubbing against the norm or the majority. One of my favorite artists is KB. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. Christian, hip-hop artist, man of God, solid theologian. But one of my favorite lines of KB is in a song that he has called Long Live the Champion. And in that song, he says, yes, I love my kingdom more than I love my nation. Yes, I love my neighbor more than I love his papers. 
And I think those two verse, those two lines that he says in that def- helps define what we just read in Leviticus. Not meaning that we don't love our nation. But we love people who are made in the image of God. Yes, I love my kingdom more than I love my nation. Yes, I love my neighbor more than I love his papers. And God calls us to press into that level of diversity too. To recognize the beauty of God because we are made in the image of God and you will hear about that more next Sunday. Is it next Sunday, more of that, the image of God? Next Sunday as well. Let's look at John 4. The woman at the well, one of my favorite, favorite stories in Scripture. We're not going to read it. We don't have time to read all of it. But in John 4, there's Jesus pursuing, intentionally pursuing the woman at the well. I love to hear the, Bible's, the Bible pages turning. Please keep turning. That's a beautiful sound. In this story, Jesus, our Savior, is breaking through walls of division, (laughs) huge walls of division, so much so that this woman, after Jesus speaks to her, says, are you a Jew talking to me, a Samaritan? Not only because he was Jew and she was Samaritan, but because, but because he was a man and she was a woman also. Because rabbis used to teach their students not to talk to women one-on-one like that, by themselves. You a Jew speaking to me, a Samaritan? Jesus, in this story, in this one story in John 4, is breaking down cultural walls, cultural division. He's breaking down ethnic division. He's breaking down gender division, Jesus intentionally goes out of his way. He goes out of his way to meet this woman. Embracing diversity requires selflessness. It requires going out our way, approaching those who are far off, who would be surprised. Are you a Christian talking to me? Oh, you? Are you going to Flagstaff Redemption? You're talking to me? That's the kind of vibes it should give as we're approaching diverse people people who aren't like us, people who are different from us. That's what Jesus does in John 4. And this woman comes of faith. It's beautiful. Let's talk about the Good Samaritan. Luke 10, 25 through 37. Again, we're not going to read that. 
because of time. But you can turn there and you can reference it as, we're, as I'm talking about it. But in the Good Samaritan, Jesus shares a parable and a story of, of a Jew falling amongst robbers and needing help. Dude is jacked up. He's beat up. He was robbed. He's by himself. He's lonely. And Jesus intentionally gives these examples of people we think should have helped. A Levite and a priest. But they walk over him. They go the opposite direction. But a Samaritan comes and helps. Culturally, it would have been unthinkable for a Samaritan to help a Jew. Jesus makes the point that to love one's neighbor involves showing care and compassion even to those with whom one would not normally have any relationship. Embracing diversity looks like letting others who are different from us into our bubbles, into our space. You know, we all got our own bubble. Bro, you too close. Too close, bro. Back up a little bit. You know, this is my bubble. I need some space. It's okay to have that. It's okay to have space. It's okay to have boundaries. Pastor Anthony was talking about that last Sunday. But he also challenged you that sometimes we use boundaries as an excuse. We use that as an excuse to not get close to people. And maybe last Sunday, maybe, maybe the Holy Spirit was stirring something. And here he is again, the Holy Spirit stirring. How, how will we respond to that? The Samaritan in, in this parable came close enough to bind up the guy's wounds. So that means he had to touch him. He had to get close enough to touch him. And to touch a, a nasty part of him, the dude was, was jacked up. He was bleeding. And the Samaritan comes and, and bandages his wounds and probably got his hands dirty while doing it. The Samaritan sat him on his own animal. That's what it says in this parable in, in Luke. And I would say that's, that's a modern-day vehicle. <laughs> That's how they got from A to B, you know, in that animal. You know, so I could see him binding up his wounds and then putting them in the passenger seat of the car. What does that look like for us? Is that too close in our bubble? I hope not. The Samaritan stayed overnight with him. He sacrificed whatever trip he was going on to attend to this guy's needs. And, of course, he blessed him. Well, he blessed the, the doctor financially to take care of this guy because he probably, he was robbed. He had no money left. Uh, so he, he took care of his needs. And then he went beyond that and said, hey, whatever else, Whatever other costs you're going to occur, I'll, I'll be back tomorrow, and I'll pay for that, but take care of them. 
And that's what embracing diversity looks like. Hospitality. You know, Dottie Lewis says this. He says, uh, we will never be able to diversify our churches if we don't diversify our dinner tables. We will never be able to diversify our churches if we do not first diversify our dinner tables. And I want to pause there and ask, how do you feel about that? When you read that, when you think of opening the door to your home and letting people in who are different from you, and not only that, but setting a meal out at the table where you know this conversation isn't going to be a 10-minute one, but it's going to go maybe an hour or longer. Do you feel how uncomfortable that could be? And will you let that uncomfortable feeling prevent you from pressing into these spaces? I hope not. Because breaking bread with people is probably the best way to really get to know people. Sharing a meal with people. Listening to their stories, asking good questions. And that for some of us feels like, man, that's that's uncomfortable and that's okay. But it's not okay to not do it because it's uncomfortable. And Jesus was all about breaking bread. (laughs) Was he not accused of being a glutton? Was he not accused of being a drunkard? Why? Because he was eating a lot with people. And I love last week's sermon that you got, that uh, Anthony gave here. But, uh, you know, when he talked about discipleship, is being with Jesus and then looking like Jesus and then doing what Jesus did. That's what Jesus did, right? Breaking down, uh, dividing walls of hostility, that's what Ephesians 2, 13 through 15 talks about. We don't have enough time to labor on that. Uh, But there are dividing walls of hostility that the gospel breaks down. And I think from those scriptures in Ephesians 2, 13 through 15, what we can learn from that or be challenged by is that embracing diversity requires us to intentionally look for spaces where division exists. And then once we identify where that division exists, praying that the Holy Spirit would equip us to bring some unity where that division exists. One of the beautiful things I think we get from embracing diversity in this way is a picture of heaven. 
So Revelation 7, 9 says this, and it, it might be on the screen, but it says, after this, I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, every tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. The kingdom of God is indeed a kingdom of diversity. Now, I'm uncomfortable with that at times. Growing up in South Phoenix, when I, and growing up in black and brown community, when I saw gentrification making its way in, and I looked up and saw a different type of people and knew that folks were moving in and reshaping the way my community looked, I felt offended and I felt bothered and I felt frustrated. And then the Holy Spirit convicted me and checked me and checked my heart and showed me, reminded me that the kingdom of heaven is a diverse one and that there is beauty in different people and different skin color and different cultures and different giftings. And in order to reflect that kingdom of heaven on earth, I need to be living into it now and repenting where I get upset or frustrated or angry and looking more like Jesus and embracing it and loving and celebrating the diversity. But, but it's not easy. And I, and I share that it's not easy because I want you to know. I don't want you sitting there feeling like, man, woe is me because I'm, I feel this way. Or like, man, how, I can't do it because of this. I'm, I feel uncomfortable, whatever. It's a wrestle. But this is where submission to the Holy Spirit is the only way to get beyond that. So get familiar with being uncomfortable and get comfortable with being uncomfortable. We're not going to talk about these, but if, you, if you're taking notes, Galatians 3, 28 and 29 speak on a lot of diversity. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 26 speak a lot on diversity. Before we leave here, before I close this sermon and we feel like, man, I just, there's a list of to-dos, I pray that's not it. I pray we don't leave here feeling like I got to go and do these things. I want us to first be reminded of our foundation. What is our foundation? And the reality is we cannot give what we do not have. What do I mean by that? Well, there's a ton of one another's in Scripture. The reason we're able to live into these one another's is because we're recipients first of the one another's. So when scripture says, love one another, we can love because we've been loved by God. When scripture says, be devoted to one another, we can be devoted because we are, we, we are devoted to God in Christ. When scripture says to live in harmony with one another, we can do that because we've been made to live in harmony with God by Christ. 
When Scripture says to build one another up, it's because we've been built up by God. When Scripture says to accept one another, it's because we've been accepted by God in Christ. Or care for one another. We are cared for by God. So then we can go and care. When Scripture says to forgive one another, of course we are forgiven in Christ Jesus so we can forgive one another. To pray for one another. We can pray for one another because Jesus intercedes for us or bearing one another's burdens. We can do that because Christ has carried our burdens. And my point is that we we can't listen to a sermon on embracing diversity and say, well, I just can't do that. Because we've been recipients of this first. And because we've been recipients of this first, not by your own strength, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can. We can be with Jesus, to become like Jesus, to do what Jesus did. And this is what Jesus did. We were far off, but he brings us close. We were the immigrant, lost in Egypt, but he welcomes us. And maybe some of you are here feeling like, yo, I don't even know what you're talking about, Egypt and all this stuff. Maybe the reality is, yo, you are just far from God. And before you can even think about going and embracing diversity in this way, you've got to know that even though you might feel far from God, he's not far from you. And he is pursuing you right now. You might feel like, man, God would never accept me. Christ blood sacrificed on the cross is enough. His love for you abounds and he waits for you with open arms. So come to Christ. Accept this love. Accept this sweet gift of salvation and enjoy relationship with him. And for the rest of us who are believers, we can live into these ways because we are recipients of them first. We'll end here. Just a few notes and tips on embracing diversity, and then we're going to close in prayer. And they might be up on the screen, but a church who does these things looks like this. Recognizes and affirms, not eradicates differences. Recognizes and affirms, not eradicates differences. Builds increasing levels of trust and works to avoid fear of difference in others. Listens emotionally with the heart, fosters empathy and compassion for others. Embraces and displays a diversity of gifts through a diversity of people. We're talking gifts, cultures, and people groups. That's just a small snippet of what a church who embraces diversity looks like. Let's pray together, church. Father, 
God, you've been at work way before this sermon as we were worshiping you were stirring our hearts and I pray that this word would continue to do that that week in and week out we would be a people who leave looking more like Jesus not burdened not burdened with things to do but trusting in your spirit that you are enough. Not leaning on our own understanding, but acknowledging you in all of our ways. Not believing the lie that what we do earns favor, but trusting that the gospel is sufficient. That we are saved by grace through faith, but I pray that that word that Pastor Anthony gave on effort would not be one that we run away from. That because of your spirit, we are empowered and desire to go out and live like Christ. So God, help us in that. Would you bless this body here, Redemption Flagstaff? Would you bless the husbands and the wives, would you bless the children? Would you bless the pastors and the leaders and the elders? And together, would we reflect you, God, faithfully? In Jesus' name, amen.